Project Sapient is a podcast meant to engage our brothers and sisters in the law enforcement and military communities in conversations that we all know we need to have. All opinions you'll hear are our own, are protected by our First Amendment of the United States Constitution, and in no way reflect or are meant to reflect the opinion of any specific agency, officer, or service member. Some opinions may be controversial. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Men? Dude, this makes me want to fucking deadlift 900 pounds right now. <laughs> this makes you want to deadlift 900 pounds? The song, man. Well, I was going to say, you're deadlifting 900 fucking pounds every day anyways. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, buddy? What's up, my man? Project Sapient, everybody check us out, projectsapient.org. Shoot us an email, projectsapient2020 at gmail.com. We want to thank our thousands of listeners worldwide. Check out our awesome supporters and sponsors. Till Valhalla, AAA Police Supply, Havoc Journal, our partners at the Profiles and Havoc Podcast, Fit Cops, 22 Mohawks, and OD Kit. Don't forget to follow us on all the social media platforms. Guys, thanks for making us the number one military and law enforcement podcast on the planet. We have a lot to talk about today. Iman's got a great article on Havoc Journal. Yes, sir. Talk to me, brother. So, wrote, uh, you know, I, I wrote this. Um, Havoc Journal uh, graciously published it once again. Uh, the, the, it's the, the, the good good people over there. But um, so, been thinking a lot, you know, what, what makes a confident cop? You know, mm-hmm. what, what is it? What is it about a cop who is confident? I mean, and, and this not just exclusive, you know, to law enforcement, obviously, but in, in a business sense, even like a businessman, right? Right. Businesswoman. How so, dare you use man and woman? I, I know. I, sorry. I'm trying to be a little more, um, again, my therapist, Dr. McGillicuddy <laughs> is trying to, trying to keep me uh, PC as much as possible. So anyways, they, they go on. <laughs> so what makes someone confident, a confident doctor, a confident cop, you know? So, so th- obviously this is tailored more towards, uh, our fellow law enforcement brothers and sisters. So <sighs> biggest thing I found, you know, I've been training for a while, uh, other police officers, uh, you know, cops across the Commonwealth, stuff like that. And you come to realize that, you know, I always go back talking about our, our, our bullshit quals that we do <laughs> firearms, <laughs> you know? So, so, so they, the, can I make a statement? Yeah. 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 In the last 20 years, they have gotten better at trying to trying. get people to shoot. Yeah. Am I wrong? I mean, it's an they elephant in the tried. room, right? Yeah, no, they, they have tried. I will give them that. But <laughs> so just, we're talking about past. Now I'm seeing a lot of really good training coming out of the uh, Mass Police Training Council yeah. on our end yeah. with some some like uh, outstanding uh, training. So this is talking more countrywide of what we see and what what goes on. Right. You know. So this is going to be more also. You know, I'll talk to the, our civilian civilian lead, uh, readers too to kind of also make them aware. This is what actually really happens, which that's what we've always done on this podcast is I'll write the article, talk about what really goes on in the inner workings of police and stuff like that, just to be transparent, you know? Right. And we always bring in the civilian population. Yeah. Because we're trying to 
I hate using the word, but educate them a little well, bit. Well, that's you know the, what I mean? And we've always said because, you know, it was our own fault because we're so insulated. Right. You know, versus actually talking about these things openly. So question I have for the uh, civilian reader. How often do you think police train on tactics, firearms, first aid, CPR, use of force? Do you think it's once a year, twice a year? We all know the answer to that, uh, us cops. You know, you'll be surprised how often co uh, police officers train in, the pr in this profession. Most of the time, it's a check-in-the-box type training just to say a cop is qualified, quote-unquote, in firearms, tactics, and whatever else. To me, qualifying and proficiency are two completely separate things, which yep. I think me and you have talked about it numerous 100%. times. Okay, and that's the thing. I think most will agree with that statement. I'm going to give you, you, the reader, a glimpse into training of law enforcement officers, and, and mostly it, it, it's around this concept of qualifying. Like, so if you, again, the next paragraph I talk about, if you listen in the, to the podcast, which you guys know, you know, at this point, what we always, one of the biggest things that we talk about is proper training of police officers. And some police departments are great. They invest in their officers, but most do not. And, and you can tell. You can tell. You can tell by the product of officers that get on the job yeah. and don't receive that kind of training. Just the academy, and that's it. You push them along into the street, do an FTO program. I've actually, I, I went to a recent training. Some FTOs, pro, uh, FTO programs, which is uh, to the non-police uh, listener, it's a field training officer, which when you graduate the academy, it's kind of like a, uh, you know, right seat, left seat type thing. Like you, you just learn, learn the proper procedures at your respective police department, then you move on from there. Right. Um, the field training officers, uh, some parts I didn't know this either, but I guess some of it is like a week long, and here you go. That's done, it? And that's it. Wow. So, so it, obviously not enough, you know? So, and here's the thing. While, while most do not, most budgets that, you know, that states, cities, and towns give to police do not allocate enough money for training. They just don't. Uh, I've seen both ends of the spectrum, though. For the most part, though, most police departments ensure their officers are qualified but I ask, are they proficient? So, you know, I got a question that I want to ask yeah. to a lot of our listeners, too, because we have a vast range of listeners from yeah. sheriff's departments and police departments. We know there's a distinction. Yeah. Right. And on the East Coast, police departments are more prevalent. Yeah. Usually those are appointed positions that are the chiefs. They're not yeah. elected. Yep. Yeah. Right. And the police powers come from different parts. Yeah. So I know sheriff's departments, like the sheriff is the ultimate law of the land. Yes. In his territory. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. He usually isn't uh, appointed. He's elected yes. by the people, yes. which means he answers to the people. To the people. Yep. Doesn't mean he answers to the city council or yep. the mayor or the a good example of that is a video that I had seen. You know, that 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 awesome chief down in um or the awesome sheriff down in like Florida or something. There's a couple of them in Florida. That, where he's like, you shooting yeah. my guys. Yeah, We're going to yeah, shoot yeah. back 355 yeah. times yeah, like yeah, type yeah. of, you know what I mean? He was the one that came out and was in said that in a video and I was like, holy shit, I never made that distinction. Yeah. So I'm curious to see, is it, I know we have a lack of funding in major cities, East coast, West coast, because of city council politics, mayor politics. Yeah. Uh, you don't need that kind of money. You don't, you yeah. know what I mean? So, so I know a buddy of mine who's in Washington state, who's part of a sheriff's department. Yeah. Their budget got cut by the council. City councils. Really? Yeah. So as much as the sheriff is elected, he or she still has to answer to 
He does. The county council or how, however they, they work it. I want our listeners, though, because that might just be how Washington works. Yeah. I, I want our know. listeners to tell us how that shit works. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if you guys email us, projectsapien2020 at gmail.com, I'd love to know how the the sheriff kind of, you know, basically that distinction right there. Right. But again, like I know Washington State, the sheriff's department, their budget got cut. You okay. know, so by, by I, I don't know if this is the county council. I don't know how exactly it were, but I do remember him saying their, their budget got cut. Okay. So uh, because of defund. You know, that, that's all it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in the Army, I'm going to go back to my Army days. All right. In the Army, when you attend uh, boot camp basic training, you're handed a soldier's handbook as part of your in-processing. That handbook details all the core tasks in which officers must be proficient in, mm. not qualifying. Mm -hmm. You've got, I mean, I, I think I've showed it to you. It's like this encyclopedia. Yeah. And this is for the lowest ranking private. Mm -hmm. Never mind as you go up in rank and some other responsibilities and duties, or if you go to specialty units, uh, Rangers, Special Forces, Air Assault School, Airborne School, everyone has their own uh, handbook. So... The Army lays it all out, you know, everything from weapons maintenance to tactics to to just everything, uh, you, you know, and every private knows what they are expected to be trained in. That's right. the biggest thing. Policing is not the same. Sure, there are core tasks that you're expected to qualify in, but there isn't a proficiency standard. They give you a range. Right. Like, yeah, you know, you got to score above an 80 or whatever, but... You're just shooting at a target that doesn't move. <coughs> Excuse me. And you're shooting what max distance and a pistol is 25 yards in some some they, places. They've cut it down to 15 now, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they cut 15, but when 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 I was with the federal task force, it was uh, it was 25. 25. Yards. Even so, my department, I got to give it to them. We were yeah. doing, I think, 10 shots from the 25. Yeah, that's that's the uh, yeah. So at least you know it's not about again, it's not about distance, but at least. You, you learn and, and you train that way, right? You train as you fight. So, um, so, and, and here's the thing that there isn't really a proficiency standard, nor is there enough time or training available to have each officer proficient in their core tasks. So what are some of the core tasks? You know, firearms, defensive driving, CQB, which is co uh, close quarter combat. Am I allowed to say combat or no? Beast battle, Right. Close so is combat battle. better than battle? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying not to. Close quarter, feel good touch, we'll call it. Giggity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, defensive tactics, less than lethal weapons, constitutional law, criminal law, you know, within your jurisdiction, uh, use of force, code of conduct, radio communication, counter ambush techniques, felony, motor vehicle takedowns, introductory psychology, basic negotiation, behavioral profiling, traffic stops, proper handcuffing methods, and physical fitness. Do we think a majority of these are on in a handbook somewhere? No. Yeah. Okay. Other than policy procedure within your own uh, respective police departments, they do have a code of conduct. They do have this, they do have that, but there's not something at a police academy level where when a recruit shows up is handed a fucking handbook encyclopedia long saying, these are your core tasks. You must follow these tasks. Yes. So can I interject for yeah, a second? Yeah. Go ahead. Reading that paragraph of yours, I mean, the core task police officers, firearms, defensive driving, all this stuff that you listed. Yep. Right. From most departments, like our, uh, the major ones in the East Coast, they started in the 1800s. Yeah. Right. A lot of these other departments started a lot later. Yeah. So 
from sheriff's departments to police departments, there was a lot of catching up to societal needs. Yes. Right. Yes. You had the small, I'm thinking like of a small town in the 1950s, uh, you know, Midwest had 3000 people in the population and four cops. Yep. They needed to catch up to what was going on to everything around the country. Right. Yep. So you got to think, and I'm not dogging the police departments, but I'm trying to be somewhat reasonable in yeah. how backwards wait, wait. we are. Are you reason? I, I, we just had a conversation uh, a second ago. You're not reasonable. I'm not- <laughs> that was that's offline. something that's offline. Yeah, you yeah. guys, I'm not reasonable. Anyways, go on. Go on. That was a great little fucking dig to me too. Asshole. Hey, you're the one that uses unreasonable. I'm like, Hey, but wow. Anyways, but anyways, so no, I, I get, but, but you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. the small town chief isn't going to look at, okay, I got six guys on my department. I don't need to train them in CQB because this is 1950s America. There's all, you know, hot dogs and American flags yeah. here. Yeah. We don't need to do any of this shit. I, I kind of think, and I hate to bring it up, but I kind of think that's where Uvalde was. So. Do you, do you yeah, see what I'm saying? No, I got you. So, so again, uh, so Army, Marines, we, we kind of have this, this. So you're in the Army, right? You're going to be a truck mechanic, right? Yeah. You work on all these combat skills, all that stuff. But in reality, you're a mechanic, non-combat right. uh, type uh, uh, job. Right. But. You are still required every, all the time in training to know your core tasks, no matter no matter what job you have. As a mechanic, are you still required to be proficient with your rifle? Yes. Yep. You get tested. You get tested. You get tested all the time, especially NCO boards. It doesn't matter. But, again, trying to be reasonable. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> the military. Yeah. The military. Our U.S. Armed Forces have a specific task. Yes. They haven't. Have, and tell me if I'm wrong. Have they had to adjust outside of the uh, of of what they're doing, what we've been doing in the Middle East and all that stuff, right? And we've talked about it in the show. But the primary tasks, the rifle, the cleaning, the, the uniforms, the all that stuff, yeah. has that changed? No. The only thing that changes is if you get a new weapon, now that you add it to your core tasks. To proficiencies. To proficiencies. Right. If you get a new uniform, well, now you need to figure out the dress standards and all that stuff and to make sure your uniform is up to the standard. Right. Right? So here's the thing. The Army, when, during the Army, when, when you're training, they spell out very simple. Tasks, conditions, and standards. I heard yep. they even change tasks now to something else or actions or something. But, but in the end, tasks, conditions, and standards. Have we added feelings yet? We probably have, especially <laughs> with the with the new generation that's coming up. Make sure you check that box. But but that's the thing, though. The core tasks will always be the core tasks, no matter what you do, mm-hmm. where you go. In the end, to me, as a, as a cop, as a street level cop, you need to be proficient in your core tasks. It doesn't matter if you're in small town America to big city departments. So we need to, and as much as I. I don't want to militarize the police. No, no, it's not about militarizing. Right. Yeah. But we need to somehow in, integrate that into policing. Yes. It's it, it's about standards. It's about integrating a standard. Right. A set standard across. Yep. Okay. I mean, you got close to a million cops out there, you know, tens of thousands of agencies across America. Each standard is different. State to state. Some are vastly different. Yeah. State to state, you know, town to town even. You know, right. vastly different, right? And what the plus side is, again, think big army. I can go to any other unit right. and still know my core tasks. It's not going to matter. 
I mean, I get the intricacies of being stateside here and you have different laws and different ways of doing things in different states, yeah. but I think we can come up with. Here's the thing, SWAT, right? Let's yeah. go SWAT. I know for a fact I can go to LAPD, jump in a stack. And get in a sack. And go in. Yep. You could do the same. Right. I could go to, be, you know, to, to big city Boston, right. go in their stack and still know what I'm doing. Right. I did that actually mm. a while, while back. I did a training with, um, with, uh, uh, um, in North Carolina with Vector. I helped them yep. out to go do some training down there in North Carolina. And it was a bunch of different, a couple different agencies, uh, captains and above. They were, you know, checking out the shield and all that. And we just stacked up to do room clearing just so they fee see, feel, you know, how what it looks like. We all stacked up into the room clearing. Right. SWAT guys from all different reasons, but it's a standard. It's a standard. But you're going to have minor little differences, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah, just yeah, yeah. leg minor. squeezes yeah, or yeah, shoulder minor. squeezes. or even, We even did the, uh, the rifle raises yeah. sometimes. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, but those minute changes are just minute, but the overall core task... We knew what it is was. Is the same. Is the same. So th that's what I mean. Like these core tasks need to be standardized across. Right. You know. So, and and he, here's the thing. So so uh, all that is, and then moving on in the reading. Um, so what I described to you is a basic recruit academy. Academies range anywhere from six weeks to six months, depending <laughs> on which part of U.S. you're from. Which we, we I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm still fucking thrown off by that by the six week thing. After the academy, depending on which part of the U.S. You know, you, you may not train again. If you're if you if you train, it'll be a yearly or biannual weapons qual and a yearly in service. In service is typically a week long to recertify or qualify officers in some of the core tasks. That's all you're doing is qualifying. Right. Check the box. Right. All that is required a police department to do is again qualify their officers. Not to demonstrate proficiency in any of the core tasks. I'm a firearms instructor, and, and you know as well as I do, like every time me and you talk, like, oh, boy, here we go, firearms training, and my blood pressure goes through the right. roof, you know. Right. Because I've, I've come up to, you know, some officers that have come up to the firing line can barely hit the target, and it's friggin' static right in front of you. So researchers have, uh, and this is a quote uh, I got, um, so researchers analyzed 149 real-life officer-involved shootings. Uh, recorded over 15 years by Dallas PD. Nearly half of these encounters, officers firing at a single suspect delivered complete inaccuracy. That is, they missed the target entirely. In 15 incidents, the total number of rounds fired could not be determined. But in the 134 cases where researchers could establish that figure they calculate the uh, the incredible hit rate at merely 35 percent wow in other words more than six out of <clears throat> ten rounds were missed the reason why they couldn't find the inaccuracies because who knows where the friggin where bullet, that round went where that round went so unfortunately the study says the data does not provide a clear picture as to what happened with these errant rounds right but at worst they struck other officers or innocent bystanders for all they know so that's research, part of a little bit of the stress inoculation too, yeah. because you have the old shit factor in a lot of the OISs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. You know, you have a, I hate to say it, but you have a lot of the pray and spray. Yeah. Or spray and pray. Spray and spray. And pray. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. when you go from that zero miles an hour to a hundred and the pistol comes out because that's your muscle memory and you just start squeezing them off. Yeah. 
we need a little bit more training in that aspect. That's the thing. So the research team, Dr. Chris, uh, Christopher Donner and Nicole Popovich uh, of the Criminal Justice Department at uh, Loyola University in Chicago note that although the amount and the quality of uh, firearms training has re uh, received by officers over the last century has increased considerably, there appears to have little improvement in shooting accuracy. Wow, that's interesting. Which here's the thing. It's so true because that's mm. the, again, it goes back to you're qualifying. You're mm. not, you're not being proficient. Right. And, and that's the thing where when, when, I, when we train officers now, if you're shooting nice and slow cadence and you're like this, well, I'm going to tell you to step it up. Right. You know, if you're shooting, well, no one can see this, uh, basically a dime size hole, right. three yards. I, I'm going to tell you, you know what? You're too comfortable. Right. Shoot yeah. faster. Yeah. Get uncomfortable. Get a little stressed. Get stress a little inoculation. Stressed. Exactly. Right. And and you'll start to see again when when the pucka factor really happens, your target is going to grow where you hit, but it's going to be accurate. You're going to hit where you want it. You know, you're going to aim. You're going to hit. I've seen it numerous times, even in combat. Right. You're going to hit whatever is in front of you. Right. All right. And again, mm -hmm. the typical range for officers in a ambush counter ambush type scenario is anywhere between seven to seven yards and in. For an encounter, for a, for a yeah, OIS. I mean, what I'm what I'm seeing here with these last few paragraphs that you read, yeah, is that we know that a lot of these departments have been doing the qualifications as a checkbox, as yes. a as a cover your ass type of thing. Yes, we, we qualified them. Yeah, now it's starting to catch up. Oh, big time! Now it's starting to catch up because simply qualifying is getting other people killed, oh, innocent yeah. bystanders or six, other cops. Six out of ten rounds, uh, the six rounds that went. Wherever, right? Who know? You know that's that's a that's an issue. We saw it at uh, Boston Marathon. Oh with a lot yeah, of ARs. We know that. Oh yeah. You know it's 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 crazy. It, you know. So what this means to me is officers are not proficient in the use of a firearm. Proficiency is very different from qualifying. I'll go over the firearms qualification that officers must accomplish yearly. Keep in mind that what I'm going to discuss is a standard firearms qual. Some police departments train their officers a lot more than others, and this is just. A simple one yeah, that I'm giving yeah, you. Know, basic. Basic uh, firearms call. Depending on the size of the department and the state requirements, typical firearm calls are 50 rounds. Distance varies 3 to 15 yards. Officers shoot at stationary target. This qualifies the officer. That's it. This does not test proficiency. Most cops only do the yearly minimum, and that's it. A small percentage of that will go to a shooting range to work on fundamentals and become proficient. Yep. Proficiency is measured through real life, um, uh, through real firearms training. It tests every officer's physical, psychological, and physiological state. Treat firearms training as it should be. Firearms training. Training. So, so when you you know when you see a, a, a posting for uh, firearms training, it's it's qualifying. Yep. It's not it's not firearms training. Firearms training is you set up barriers, you put a car in the middle there, you got to work around the car, or you shoot through the window of the car, you know, at a, at, a, at a target inside the car. What do you think about low light, low light shooting, mm -hmm. and including strobe lights? Oh, absolutely. Traffic stop type of scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. All that stuff. That's rarely ever done. It is. Rarely ever done. But, but again, it, it's that whole thing, train like you fight, right? Right. That way. So it's interesting. I went to a training recently um, run by the MPTC. Phenomenal job. Uh, it was, uh, uh, it's called Diffuse, but it's not like, it's, it's basically, um, I forget what the acronym stands for, but it's more about stress inoculation, not stress inoculation, but 
stress inducing stress inducing kind yeah. of kind of doing the job uh from the point of view of the supervisor now uh that's that's kind of uh, what this training was more for but they do have patrol level things where it's actually scenario based yeah. and it's scenario based where the whole idea behind it is if you if you've trained it a couple times and let's say you deal with it in real life now it's imprinted in your head. Yeah. Just like, uh, think of football, think of hockey, think of basketball. Some of these, we run plays all the time during right. practice, right? right? For a reason. That way, when the game actually happens, you know, like football, when I play football, we watch films, right? NFL, you know, not NFL, but but the other team films, right? A yeah. week before the game. Then we practice plays just to get ready for it. Nobody's ever going to hold a football just by reading about exactly. it. Exactly. SWAT. Before we hit a house, yeah. we rehearse, yeah. we check the floor plan, we get intel, we rehearse the floor plan over, and then we- How much rehearsal do special ops guys in the military do? Oh, tons. Tons. Months. Here's the thing. Uh, an operation we did out in Iraq, two months of prep yeah. before we actually hit the location. In generalities, when the SEAL teams hit UBL's house- Oh, that was rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. Over and over they, they knew and where over. They, they knew, they, 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 they may have not known the target, but they knew the layout. A lot of these things cost money, oh, right? Yeah. And I get it. But that's what a lot of the civilian population should be seeing and giving to the chiefs, to the commissioners, to the yeah. sheriffs. You should start thinking about, you know, range time costs a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of departments don't have their own ranges. But you know what? See what kind of, do a little bit of an experiment. One state, we want to get a state to spend a million dollars to put five small little shooting ranges inside a police department. It's not yeah. going to cost a ton of money. No. Put five little ranges and then give officers a half an hour once a week to be able to go shoot. Yeah. I, See I know, what kind I of know, proficiency changes happen. I know, I know some departments that do have those indoor ranges and I would love for my department to have one of, you know, to be even indoor, just something available where I can just go before work or after work, blow off a couple rounds just so yes. I can test and, and make sure, boom, okay, I'm good. You know, I, I guarantee you and tell me what you think, but if you do something like that and have it easily available for officers, you're going to see proficiency skyrocket. Oh, absolutely. Because it's right there. And here's the thing we all know, you know, us cops, we get lazy. Like if I got to drive 10 minutes to a police range, I'm not going to do it. I know, you, dude, you know, my because, range is 45 minutes away. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, like when you're a busy, busy and you're whatever, and you're like, man, I got to get to the range. I want to, especially as a proficient cop who tries to to do a, a lot. If you're busy and, you know, I would love, again, to just go down to the basement of the PD. Yes. We have an indoor range, put put up a target, and just practice your mag change. Simple as that, a couple rounds, mag change. Just get proficient with that. You know, that's that's 100%. the whole idea with proficiency. You're not qual... Like, to me, I fucking hate... Again, you know how I feel about quals. They fucking suck. I hate quals. It needs to be, like, actual firearms training. Now, if you want to do a... Ch if, if the if the state and cities, whatever, want to do a feel, feel good, like, okay, fine, we'll do a quick qual, but then real firearms training, that, to me... Okay, I'll do the check-in-the-box 50 rounds for your bullshit, but... Your, to test your officer's proficiency, that's a whole different type of test. And I'm not, I'm not dogging what I'm. I'm not dogging any other technologies out there. Yeah. Right. I think a lot of technologies and stuff have a very good place in police training. Yeah. Like the the Chimera yeah, project yeah. that yeah, has yeah. a very an exceptional place oh, in our absolutely. training. But nothing. Tell me what you think about this statement. Nothing will replace getting. A pistol down range and feeling the bang. Oh, absolutely. Nothing will replace that. You got the smells. You got everything, everything. that comes together. The yeah. reverberation through your body. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, no. We need to focus on that as a fundamental 
and then also grow the technologies around everything. Exactly. And, and, and again, like for me, what, what is proficiency? I think I go into it in, in the article even more, um, you know, let, let's, switch gears for a minute or even in the actually before we switch gears i want to go into the military on how the military tests proficiency mm-hmm. uh and i'm just doing weapons so in in if depending on which unit which type of unit you're in uh you have a specific amount of uh weapon systems i was in artillery so i had everything from big fucking cannons to an m9 beretta right they would test, so me, I'm going to go, you go before a board, right? If I want to get promoted, let's say to sergeant, you go before an NCO board, it's called. And part of the NCO board is kind of like an assessment center. Part of it is you have to now, they take you into a room, you're timed to take apart your weapon completely, put it back together. Every weapon system has a specific time. So as you go through, you better hit that standard. Otherwise, they're going to no-go you. You're not next. proficient. Next. So you, you fail because that's all they give you, either a go or a no-go. Yep. There is no range. There is no this. You either do it or you don't. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. You test proficiency and the time is there to induce that stress. To, uh, that's that's Again, the only reason it's there. The, the military has also been doing it for a very long time in a very standardized way. Yeah. Imagine trying to get some of these cops. Imagine trying to get some of these chiefs to do something like that. Here's the thing. I bet you, I don't know, think of your department, my department. If we put our respective pistols and ARs and whatever else we have in our, in our, in our closet and, te- and test our officers, hey, you've got one minute, you know, you got a minute to take apart your pistol. You got a minute to take up, be like, they'll fall apart. I would say, not dogging anyone, I would say 60 to 75% would have trouble. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100% agree. 100% agree. And it's not their fault. It's not their fault. It's lack of training. Yep. And again, it's not so much lack, I wouldn't even say lack of training, lack of uh, training for proficiency. You're training for qualifying. You see it all the time as a range instructor, how many times when somebody has uh, uh, an issue, mm -hmm. misfire, something, a stovepipe, something. Yeah. And the sheer panic that goes through people. That's why, like, I got to keep yelling, keep, like, especially if we're shooting on the move. And I tell them, if you, if you're fucking weapon, whatever, keep fucking moving. How how many times have you had to put your hand on somebody's back and keep pushing them? Tons. Because that sheer panic of a weapon failure. And, and that's why, and what's funny is even the simplest, right? When I have them, the, the, uh, when we have to do a rifle transition to pistol. Yeah. To us, like me and you and and all the, you know, a bunch of proficient cops, yeah, bam, bam, oh, get pistol, bam, bam, and you're done. So during the quals at some point, you've got the rifle, and at some point, it's purposely that there's a certain round count where you're going to run dry, and you got to transition to your pistol. Yep, no mag change, right. Yeah, Before, but what I see, and I'm sure you see it, they go right to the mag change. They don't even transition to their pistol. Because in their mind, they're like, oh, shit. They start fumbling with the rifle, and I'm behind them. Throws everything off. Yeah, I'm behind. And here, that's a simple, simple stress-induced uh, uh, exercise. Simple. Right. Like, for you and me, I mean, we do it all the time. We go, boom, boom, oh, I'm out. All right, transition, bam, bam. Then right. Get the rifle, get the mag out, put it in. Now you're, 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 you're good to go. A lot of the things that we need to have a lot of the, the leadership realize is that there's no shame in knowing that your officers aren't proficient in these things. Exactly. There's no shame in it. The shame comes if you do know and you haven't done anything about it. Yeah. Uvalde. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. We know what the issues are. You've identified them. Yeah. 
Start doing what you need to do to get people proficient in these things. Hundred percent, and and that's the thing is 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 you know to me again that that simple stress induced where you run dry is such a huge example for me of the lack of proficiency in officers, and it, and it's not like one or two officers that run into it. It's a I could have an entire line of officers at the range, and they would all fumble with their fucking rifles while I'm yelling at them transition transition transition, <laughs> and they, they don't hear you. They don't. Here. It's like because they are so tunnel vision. It's the exclusion, auditory. Uh, yeah. And it's funny to me. It's and it's not like they're getting rounds thrown at them, right? It's, it's fucking crazy. Like you know, they, they get that auditory exclusion just from that alone. And then when they actually pick up that you're yelling, telling them to transition, you get the fucking fumbling of the rifle. Now that you got to get them, you know, they're going to the handgun. They're fumbling around. I'm like, whoa! And it becomes dangerous. It becomes dangerous. Where I gotta be like, hey, hey, slow the fuck down like you know so so again with a proficient cop when i see them out on a firing line i fucking love it because i don't have to do shit and you know what i can actually step it up a little more where i can give them time standards and here's the thing working their limits doing a bunch of things right here's the thing how often have we actually worked time limits into shooting very rare very, exactly. Very rare. I see it at SWAT all the time. We, and that was more competition between us right. and that, you know, just to, you know, Hey, fuck you. Fuck it. Do slow, you know, whatever. But yeah. for the, for the average patrol patrol officer, time is not really a factor because if the minute we start introducing time, they're going to start fucking up even more, which I am all for it. There's a reason why I want time. I'd love to do time standards again in the military. That's what it is. When we're out at the range, there's time standard to everything. The purpose of training is to fuck up at it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. When, when I did a week long, uh, when I ran a week long active shooter training at my uh, department and, you know, again, uh, there, I'm not expecting SWAT operators who can do entries just like that, all that stuff. But, you know, to me, the biggest concern is your deep angles when you enter a room, mm-hmm. you know, where are your danger, where are your threats and, and all of that. And, you know, a couple of them would, would do the entry and be like, oh, fuck. I'm like, all right, hey, hey. This is training. You're, I, I expect, like, expect to fuck up. I'd rather you fuck up in training than fuck up in the real world. You, Iman, were not born an operator. There was a time in your life where you didn't know how to enter a room. Oh, I had no fucking clue. Right? <laughs> yeah, no. And there's no shame in that. No. The shame comes when you've been a cop for 20 years. You haven't been trained. It's not, it's not on you. I get no. there's a lot of things that you have to do yourself to be proficient. Yeah. But- Things like this, specialty trainings like these, it's not a shame to go ask your chief and be like, hey, we need some room clearing training. Yeah. Can you bring in some people? Can you do this? Can you do that? Because again- I'm in at one point didn't know how to hold a rifle. I had listen, I right? was I was a fucking psychology major in fucking college. I had no fucking clue about any of this shit. Exactly. <laughs> First time I held a fucking gun was in the army. So exactly it's kind of like with with motorcycle training. Yeah. A lot of motorcycle cops that listen to this. When I went to my motorcycle training, I had never sat on a motorcycle. Yeah. And the instructors actually loved it because they were like, no we like habits. that, no bad habits. Yeah. We're going to train you what we think is right. Yeah. And I think that it made me a decent rider. It took me, even after I passed the course and everything, it took me about a year. And that's a hard course. I'll it's give you a that. really it's, hard it's course. It's one of the hardest courses in, in policing. But I went into it with a little bit of an advantage because I saw even guys that, you know, ride Harleys on the weekends and they yeah. were like, <laughs> he's never ridden before. Yeah. You know what I mean? No yeah. pat on my back. I'm trying to say that 
there was no shame. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Oh no, listen, when I'll the, train. The first time I, I held an M16, again, I'm aging myself. I had M16s. Yeah. Uh, the first time I held an M16 was at basic. I had no fucking clue how to even take it apart. What? What am I supposed to do? What is like? First time I held a rifle I'm was like, in SWAT school. What the fuck? I'm like, what yeah. is this? And and you know, and and what's again, drill, drill, again, drill sergeants and 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 firearms trainers. Um, they again love the guy, the uh, the soldier or the officer who's never ever shot a gun, never held a rifle. Because you know what? Because now you're coachable. Did you ever have to? Um, did you have? My SWAT school was a long time ago, and I remember the first time holding and and using an MP5. Did you ever use the MP5? No, I was I was never <laughs> issued an MP5. No, I, I was for a short period of time, and yeah. I fucking loved it, <laughs> loved it, and then they got rid of them. Yeah, well, yeah, because they were too scary. Well. M4s and M16s are, you know, <laughs> there's, there's no logic Anyways, behind yeah, it. No, <laughs> there is not. But, but, but that's the thing. So, so when, when, when I, you know, again, going back to the army, when you're testing for proficiency, that's a test of proficiency. When you have time standards and, and strict time standards. Yep. When, I, when I went to DEA SRT school uh, two weeks in Virginia, when I was on the task force, it was awesome. The range, they had specific time limits for everything. And I loved it. I loved the challenge. So that's a federal that's a federal. Uh, Do you see where that's coming from, though? It's a federal thing, yeah. right? It's probably coming from background in the military being federal. Exactly. Like it. it so the people, the guys who were running it, were their DEA fast unit. Yep. So they're the, the special ops for DEA. Yep. They have those time standards, and they did bring it in from. I think they were trained by Navy by the Navy. There you go. In in, in buds, they did like a modified buds to qual to basically get into the unit. Yeah. So that's where all those standards came from. Is time. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I haven't done that since the military. I loved it. Yeah. Because, yeah. I, because here's the thing. I trained to that standard, right? So, so before going down there, I was told there's going to be time limits. They're going to, like, every operator there had a trainer right behind him. Everyone. Amazing. And Amazing. If, if, you, uh, if you do not get that time, they will tell you stop or that round doesn't count. Think about that little bit of an investment because that's an investment. Oh, yeah. Having an instructor behind you, yep. every single guy, yep. that's that costs money. Oh, yeah. That's an investment. Think about how much that saves you down the road. Oh, my God. Here's the thing. Again, if you want to talk investment, liability, whatever, where you, you have an officer who's extreme, again, not militarizing, right. but you have an officer who's proficient at, at their core task whatever it may be, mm-hmm. how much, how confident is that cop going to be when they're about to do a Terry stop right. or a threshold right. inquiry or an active shooter or because you know what? That cop is confident in their training and abilities. I want you to get into this next paragraph here because I have something to say about it. Okay. So yeah. So, okay. So it was the one where switch gears to public sees all kinds of different police vehicles. Right. Yep. So, so I've been issued all kinds of different yep. police cars, right? And I'm sure people, uh, civilians have no idea, which I'm going to throw this out there. I, dr- I was trained to drive a Crown Vic. God, I miss them. No, I, yeah. I do too. So, you know, so it was a week long, it's called Emergency uh, Vehicle Operation Course EVOC. It, the goal yep. of the course was, to, uh, was for the officer to learn how to police, uh, to, to handle the police car. You know, what it can do, can't do, um... I haven't done any of that since the academy. Yes. And I've been issued different types, Impalas, yeah. fucking Tauruses, Explorers now. Yep. Um, so, so again, it's, there's, there's no training. They throw you in the car and here you go. I went from, 
again, Ford Crown Victoria, just like yeah. you, which yeah. I remember even my Evoc class being one of the most fun things oh, in the dude, academy. It was, right? it was awesome. Uh, I mean, amazing. you're on a racetrack and right. you just fucking tear it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's right. awesome. So <laughs> I went from that to when we went to SWAT without giving up info, we, we went to, uh, we went to Tahoe's. Okay. Tahoe's that weren't made for the job, meaning there was too much weight in the back. Like when you were driving these things, you know what driving a real yeah. wheel drive vehicle yeah. is. These were real wheel drive. They weren't even all wheel drive Tahoe's. That's genius for New England. Right. <laughs> Real wheel drive Tahoes with too much weight in the back. Yeah. You're blasting around the city because there's four of your cars for yeah. an entire fucking city. Yeah. Right. I never got trained in that. Yeah. Never. Then 10 years of that go by. I got used to it. Thank God. Nothing bad ever happened. Yeah. I go back to patrol and I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I get in a in an explorer, an exploder. Yeah, and I'm like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. I can't drive this. Yeah. And then the, I remember the first time going lights and sirens somewhere, and I'm like, I don't know what this car can do. You I mean, know, I got so, used to it. So but. There, there are cars. I, I know, uh, like my police, my all the police officers that there are explorers, and each of them is different, though. Yeah. <laughs> And it's right. like, so I didn't know this. I guess some of them have certain buttons at certain spots to be able to even put the car in transmission. Yes. I'm like, can you imagine now, let's say you're taking an overtime shift and you're assigned that cruiser and all of a sudden you get the oh shit call and you're like, how the, why is it going to drive? Yeah. You got I drove a new Explorer maybe two, three weeks ago. Right. Okay. I drove a new Explorer and I had a, a like a fixed post type of thing where yeah. I had to go sit there for two hours. Okay. I'm driving. I'm like, oh, this thing's pretty cool. I've never driven one like this before. It's pretty cool because I, uh, old timer, I like to yeah. take the old cars because yeah, nobody yeah. gives a fuck about <laughs> yeah, the old cars, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So I'm driving and I get to where I need to be. And about 20 minutes later, I'm sitting there reading something on my phone and the car felt like it shut off. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. The car just died. It's brand new. Yeah. What the fuck? So I turn the ignition, nothing happens. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I'm like sitting there like five minutes go by and I'm like, oh, I got to call a tow truck. I yeah. got this. I Notify the sergeant. Notify the bosses, this yeah. and that. And then the car just explodes back into life. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> so I call my buddy and he goes, oh yeah, it's the new electric vehicles that we have. Oh, so okay. They shut, it's a hybrid. hybrids or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It shuts down and comes back on. But yeah. dude, it was like an explode. I almost reached for my pistol. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck just happened? Throw some rounds into the engine. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking Transformers, right? Decepticon. Decepticon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I legit, it comes back to this, this, what you're talking about. Nobody told me that. No, that's the thing. So that, that to me is, is just such a big issue right there where (laughs) why, why do we, so, so for me, like even police, certain police, like I had a charger for some time and I was like, oh yeah, this thing is fucking fast as hell, but it was not built to be a police car. Right. right. Like it was all fucked. Like, like it's that, like those, taking a Corvette yeah, to be a police car. Exactly. No. And, and those things probably lasted maybe two, three years. And that's about <laughs> it. Because again, you're, you're a city cop tearing around in the city in a fucking charger that doesn't really belong. It's not made for it. Yeah. It doesn't belong on the street. Like it belongs on the highway maybe, but not so much the street. So, so that's the thing. And and that's, that's the thing where our civilian population uh, listeners need to realize we don't get like in the military. Again, I go back to the military, any piece of equipment that I was issued, I was trained in. Yeah. Yep. 
so I had, again, military, they give you your own military driver's license, which is, I find hilarious because, you know, you, they, they get you proficient to be driving 18-wheelers. Right. Five-ton trucks and this, that, the other. Yet when, I, I'll never forget, when I went, when I got medically discharged, I went to the registry uh, with my military driver's license to see if I can get, like, I don't know, CDL since I fucking drove every large They were like, no. Truck. No. Because yeah. it doesn't transfer. I was like, that's fucking bullshit. But you know that's the same in Massachusetts, right? Once yeah. once you're in SWAT, or I think it's even a police officer, you can drive just about anything. Yeah. Uh, I want to give you another example of these new cars thing. Yeah. Uh, two weeks ago, I'm walking out. There's a female officer. She's like, hey, Pete, come here. What's up? How do you get in the trunk? Oh, I think I know this, about this one. Now. And I'm like, there's a button. She goes, okay. So there's an unlock button. Yep. And then there's a button in the back underneath, like, the Ford yeah. emblem, yeah. right? Where would it normally be, Iman, in the middle of the fucking yeah. thing, right? Yeah. It's yeah. not there. Yeah. So the girl is like, I don't know how to get in the trunk. And I'm sitting there thinking, she had the foresight to try and think about it before. Yeah. What yeah. if she needed- What's the thing? What, in an emergency situation. Exactly. If she needed to get into the trunk because, let's say she needs to get the first aid bag because right. an infant is fucking- Something. Whatever. She's going to be so flustered. She's not going to be able to open the fucking trunk. And imagine what that- Imagine- the liability that is, yep. but imagine what that would look like on camera too. Well, not just on camera and the trauma that poor female right. officer would go through or any officer would go right. through. I mean, at that point I'd smash a window to get written up. I don't give a fuck. And then you'd look like an ass, but imagine yeah. that on camera too. No, imagine the public seeing, oh, I he know. couldn't get in the fucking trunk. Yeah, I know. That's not that officer's fault. No, no. Again, it goes back to proficiency training. It goes back to if you are to be issued a brand new gun, you need to be proficient at it. Yes. Qualify. I get, yeah, we got, you know, I might have, we've issued new guns, whatever, but I, but now it's about proficiency. Take that gun apart, put it back together. Like me, yeah, I trained, like, you know, it's a new gun. I mean, I have it with me right now, but I, you know, unholster, put it back in also Unholster, put, like, just get used to the feel of a brand new pistol. Right. You know, and, and just know the ins and outs. I mean, yeah, you know, a Glock's a Glock. All the Glocks are pretty much built the same way, but still, you still train, practice, know the limitations of your weapons. Like, one of the Uvalde things where the officer who was at 140 yards had the gunman in his sight and had to request permission to fire blows my mind that i believe i don't know where that comes from i believe that's a training issue that's something going on because i have never heard ever 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 heard an active shooter response that you need to request permission to fire at a shooter that is uh, so but part of the aar was because he didn't take the shot, one of the AR was, well, was the officer aware of the effective range of his or her rifle? Were they, uh, did they know, basically, did they, did, do they know their own weapons platform? Are they proficient in making that shot? But here's the reality. Most police departments do not train at distance shootings unless you're SWAT, uh, you know, sniper, whatever, whatever. But why not train like that? My, the max, again, the private, back to the military, yep. the, the basic youngest 18-year-old private is able to take down a target at 300 yards because he or she need to be proficient in that rifle because that's part of our proficiency quals. We need to demonstrate that we can hit a target at 300 meters, iron sights, not even scoped, iron sights. The Marine Corps, 500 meters. Iron sights. Iron sights. No scope. Just to show the proficiency of that shooter. And what was the cost? That cost is 
they lost the initiative to kill or distract the bad guy, and he went into that school and killed 19, 19 kids, I believe. Yeah. It's insanity to me. That That is the cost of the lack of confidence, the lack of training, the lack of proficiency, the lack 100%. of whatever, the, the request to per, permission to fire. I've, oh my God, that annoys me so bad. That, like, when I read that, I was like, you just lost the initiative. You just lost the battle but right when that happened. I don't understand. I mean, it's like I said earlier, too. There's no shame in knowing that your department isn't proficient. No, but do something about shame it. Shame on you if you know. Fucking shame on you if you know and you don't do anything about it. Yep. Shame on you because 19 kids can die. Exactly. Or one kid. And it goes back to the core task and, and being proficient. And here's the thing. In the end... There are core tasks that officers must be proficient in. Qualifying is not enough. Qualifying is a CYA for <laughs> police departments, for cities, for towns, to show that an officer can shoot at a target. Mm -hmm. Big fucking whoop. The real test is proficiency, and with proficiency comes confidence, and a confident cop is a capable one. Do not mistake in that last line, which I love. Yeah. Do not mistake in that with arrogance. Exactly. Because the it's arrogant not... cop can be just as dangerous as a non-confident cop. Exactly. Just... Know, know the difference the in difference. the definitions. A confident cop is a capable cop. An arrogant 100%. cop is just as dangerous, like you said, as a cop that's not confident. Hundred, hundred, hundred fucking percent. Dude, I love this. Yeah. What a great fucking article. Yeah. Want to give them a taste of what we're doing next time? Yeah. So uh, a lot of ARs have come out um, for Uvalde. Uh, we're going to, myself and Pete are going to dig into these ARs and give you guys yeah. a cliff notes in depth. Well, not so much cliff notes, but we're going to go into an in-depth discussion about it and look for it at Havoc Journal. It's going to be published soon. Um, if you guys want a preview of the discussion, uh, it's going to be uh, probably by the weekend, it'll be published. So we're going to take what you do for Havoc. We're going to tear it to shreds and build anger into it. Pretty much. I love it. Like usual. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, check us out, projectsapiens.org. Email us, projectsapien2020 at gmail.com. Thanks to our thousands of listeners worldwide. Check out our awesome supporters. Till Valhalla, AAA Police Supply, Havoc Journal, our partners at the Profiles and Havoc Podcast, Fit Cops, 22 Mohawks, and OD Kit. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We love you. Stay safe. Stay sapient. Sing a song for Iman. I'm telling you, this is going to be a uh, hit track. Just keep leaving. Fucking yeah, people like this shit, right? I know, right? <laughs>